the lesson found in the book of Jonah. Now let me tell you before I start saying anything today. This may sound more like a Wednesday night Bible study. You heard a man preach last Sunday that forevermore preached. Thank you, Brother Jason. Thank you. Thank you for a great message. I'm going to dig a little deep today as a pastor. And if you're a guest here, would you please just listen to the word of the Lord and, and know that this is something that has been in my spirit for quite some time. As a matter of fact, the things that I will preach today have literally been in my Bible for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I, I just kept waiting for the right time. And I don't know why, but the Lord said this morning it's the right time. The lesson found in the book of Jonah is not one of judgment, but of mercy. There was a preacher that preached that didn't take heed to his own message. Listen to me. And often that's the case. But after Jonah, and I read the whole book of Jonah. Boy, it's, it's long. It's four chapters. It don't even cover two pages. Jonah's not very long. But four chapters in the book of Jonah, and I read it all this week. And, but after disobeying God and after fleeing from the responsibility that God had laid upon the heart of Jonah, the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to go there. And, and instead of going to Nineveh, now you've got to understand, if you've got to study a little history, Nineveh was not kind to preachers. They were, it was not a city that took kindly to prophets. As a matter of fact, one historian said that they would skin them alive and hang their hide on the fence. And so Jonah said, I got a better idea. I'm headed for Tarshish. And so Jonah fled his responsibility. And after running from the presence and the favor of God, he, he got on a boat. Let me just briefly tell you the story so you'll be familiar. He got on a ship and a storm came up. And I, in my reading, I, I just I took note that all the men on that ship were praying. And some of them were not praying to Jonah's God, but to their own God. And they were, they were afraid and knew that their life was in danger. And here's Jonah in the bottom of the boat asleep when the captain of the ship comes to him he said what what's going on here and jonah began to tell his story well the story is that they cast lots to see why this great storm was upon them because the bible said they tried to get to land but could not they could not get there because the storm was so great and they had already thrown everything overboard that was that was holding them back and weighting their ship down. And, and they cast lots, the Bible said. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And they, they went to Jonah, and he confessed his sin. I am supposed to be in Nineveh, but I boarded this ship to Tarshish. And, and so they took Jonah at his own request. He said to them, now many of you don't know this, but he said to them, just throw me overboard, and God will calm this storm. Just throw me overboard. And, and so, reluctantly, they did. Go read it today when you get time. 
And when they did, the Bible said that God had prepared a great fish to swallow him up. Jonah didn't die. He was alive in the belly of that fish insomuch that he began to pray. I, I preached one time on three eye wheels of Jonah because three times while he was in the belly of the fish, he said to God, I will. I will. He suddenly changed his tune. He said, I will. He wasn't before, but I'll tell you, when you get seaweed wrapped around your neck and you got puke all around you and little fish swimming in the belly and it don't smell real good and it's pretty dark in there and you're still alive and you still know how to pray, you'll say, I will. Come on now. Y'all going to help me preach or just look at me today? So, jo thank you, I am. Jonah, Jonah made some repentant prayers and, and God caused that fish to spit him out on the bank. And I'd love been standing there. You talk about a mess. I mean, the Bible said that he had weed wrapped around his neck. He come out of the belly, and we call it the belly of a whale. Now, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't care what kind of fish it was. It was a miracle. Because when he came out, he had a different attitude. And he headed for Nineveh. But that's not where I want to go today. He, he, when he got to Nineveh and started preaching. Now, Nineveh was 60,000 people. And it was a big town, and they were, they were in sin, and the Bible called them a wicked city. But when he went into Nineveh, listen to me, when Jonah preached, he was mad. He was mad because he had to go. He was mad, and he preached mad. He stayed mad. He went outside the city, and he sat in the booth mad. He got hot mad. He fainted mad. He was mad at the end of his book because of what he had to do. Now here's why. Because when he preached, all of a sudden the city heard him preaching and said, we're going to do what he said. And they called a fast and they repented before God. And Jonah got mad because somebody obeyed what he preached. Hang with me here. We're going somewhere. Amen. Jonah was upset and because 60,000, I'd like to have a 60,000 soul revival. He got mad because God didn't burn them up. He got mad because they weren't destroyed. He got mad because God didn't say what he was going to do to start with. But if you go read the book, when they repented, the Bible said God repented and said, I'm not going to bring that judgment upon Nineveh. Jonah failed to see that his situation was his problem. It was not because a city repented. He got mad because God supposedly in his eyes embarrassed him. God asked him a question in, in about the third book and he said, doest thou well to be angry? Do you really think this is helping Jonah that you're, and matter of fact, he asked it twice in the book of Jonah. He said, doest thou well to be angry? Jonah is a direct uh, 
our exact replica of what we don't need to be. Because let me tell you, God is a forgiving God. God forgives quicker than men do. God forgives quicker than you do and than I do. When you say, I'm sorry, God says, I forgive. And the blood of Jesus is applied to your life. We think we got to hold people hostage over their sin. We think we've got to put them somewhere on a seat and say, now prove that you've repented. They don't have to prove anything to us. You sit there and look at me, but I'm about to preach to you. One of the greatest prisons that you will ever be in is a prison of unforgiveness. One of the worst places you will ever be is when you got a grudge in your heart, when you got bitterness in your spirit, when you got something that's keeping you from God. You need to lay it all down. You know what? I want to preach to you from this subject today. Let it go. Somebody shout, let it go. You need to let it go. Jonah, get over it. God didn't do what he said he was going to do because people repented. He didn't destroy him because he still loves mankind. Well, this, this is, this, this, I'm nowhere near where I'm going, but, but it, it's, it's going to get there. See, Jonah preached mad, stayed mad. His book ended mad. Go read it for yourself. He got mad. I'm not saying he was lost. I'm saying he was mad. But who does it hurt when you harbor things that haven't happened or have happened and you put them down in your spirit? So oftentimes people... They hold grudges against somebody. And you know what? The people they're holding grudges about don't even care. It's eating you up on the inside. And it's causing you to grit your teeth. And your toes are turning inside out. And you fuss and cuss and fight and scream and rant and rave. And you can't get over it. And in your little monopoly game of life, they're, pa- they're, not pa- they're pass and go. And you're not pass and go. And you're not pa- getting $200. And you got your own set of problems. And you're tormenting your own life because you're stuck in the jail of unforgiveness and won't let it go. You know what I'm telling you? I'm coming to preach to somebody here today. You need to let it go. I don't care if it's your mother-in-law or your cousin or your best friend or a friend that used to be. If you're going to do what God wants you to do, you got to get a forgiving spirit and you got to say, I forgive. Well, I forgave them, but I don't like them. You need to pray. I don't say they got to be your best friend. Well, they stabbed me in the back. They st- well, let me just preach a little bit, okay? Let me give you the paradox today. You ready? The paradox of Jonah is another prophet. A prophet that was a man who did nothing but good. Everywhere he went. He helped people pay their taxes. He helped people who were hungry to eat. He rescued a lady who was about to be killed, stoned to death. He helped a blind man that was not able to see. He helped him see. He helped a deaf man to hear. He helped a lame man to walk. He helped a dumb man to talk. He took up to see a short man and went to his house for dinner. He could, a man who could not get to him, he went to him. 
He never lied. He never said a curse word. He never committed a sin. His 12 closest friends forsook him in his greatest time of need. His accountant sold him out to his enemies. His most vocal supporters denied him and cursed at his memory. He was hated by everyone. He was trying to help. He was innocent of any fault. Yet a crowd called for his death. And not just death, but the most horrible death that a man can die. Crucified, horrible, crushing, shameful, diabolical, painful, torturous death that a man could die. His name was Jesus. And guess what? He was sped upon. They plucked his beard out of his face, chunk by chunk. They took a thorn bush with thorns two inches long and put it in his head. They wove them in a circle and gave it to him for a crown. They crushed it down in his scalp. And the blood ran down over his ears and through his eyes and down his back. He was a bleeding pup walking through the streets of a city that he had just wept over. He was laid on a tree. His his hands were cruelly nailed upon a rough hewn tree. His feet were fastened together and a nail put through them. He took it all without one accusation or one question. He opened not his mouth is what the Bible said. As a matter of fact, when they walked by wagging their heads and looking at him and said, you saved others, why don't you save yourself? He said to them, forgive them, Lord, Fire forgive them for they know not what they do he forgave them in the most critical moment of his life the bloody hands the beaten back the things that he went through could have made him bitter but it did not he showed us the opposite of a Jonah who ended his book mad. The Lord said, I'm going to do it. You know why he did it? He did it for me. And he did it for you, Adam. And he did it for you, Jay. And he did it for you, Shannon. He did it for you, Carl. He did it for you, Grady. He did it because he loves mankind. My, my ministry today is simply this. There's some things that we've got to do like Jesus and not like Jonah. Because if you live like Jonah, you won't let it go. You gotta let it go. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about on this Sunday morning. There are people that are bound by their past. They are bound by things they cannot get over. You, you can't pray without thinking about it. You can't get over it in your spirit. I'm here to preach to you. You're not gonna like what I'm about to say. I don't care how bad it was. It wasn't crucifixion. I don't care how terrible it was. You didn't get beat with a cat of nine tails. I don't care what they've done to you. It wasn't a crown of thorns in your skull. You need to get over it. And until you do get over it, you will live with unanswered prayers. And furthermore, until you forgive, you will never be forgiven. The old song says mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. We need the heavenly gaze to fall upon our soul. We need to taste of his grace and understand what forgiveness is all about. 
You see, here's, here's the problem. We're human. We don't have the ability that God has. God has the ability to forgive you and to forget it. Here's the great thing about God. I told you it's going to be more like Wednesday night, but listen to me. God can forgive you, and he don't pull up your past. When he forgives you, he truly forgives you. He don't pull it up. Vernon, whatever God said I'm, I forgive you of, he forgave you. It's done. It's past. David, I thought while David was down here praying, I would embarrass my buddy David. He's a front rower every time these doors are open. But he didn't used to be. He was in a prison cell. But God turned him around. If you you got to know where God brought you from till you understand why we worship him like we do. I watched him walk down here every service, and he's weeping and praying and crying. But you got to remember what God forgave him of, what God took care of in his life. You see, we don't, we, we're human. We don't have the ability God does. God don't look at you when you make a mistake and say, I'm going back to 1993. I'm going back to 2006. I'm going to pick up what you did in 2018. He doesn't go back and pick up your, your past. He says, I forgave you. And when he forgives you, he forgets that. He puts that in the past. That's why he said to the woman that was standing before him, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You just go. You're forgiven. But here's the problem with us. We can't forget. And we have this ability in us, some better than others. I can't hardly remember yesterday. I'm being honest. Somebody said, you remember what happened to I can't hardly remember what happened last week. But I tell you what I can remember. I can remember when people hurt me. I can remember when people said stuff about me. I can remember when somebody drew their sword and stabbed me in the back. And I'm sorry. I can't, I can't forget that. But I can forgive. I refuse to live in the prison of unforgiveness. I'm not going to die being mad like Jonah. I refuse to be that kind of person. I'm preaching today. I'm digging down where we live this morning. Because you see, the thing that will keep you out of heaven may not be a lifestyle in the world where you're doing all these horrible things. It may be just a little grudge or a little spirit of unforgiveness that says, I remember what somebody done to me. And my day will come, I will get them back. You need to forget that. You need to know that that's not your job. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. If he wants to take care of it, let him take care of it. You need to go to your knees and say, God, I believe everything's going to be all right. I forgive that person. I forgive that family. I forgive that man or that woman or that person on my street or that man on my job. My God, I'm preaching the truth here today. And what happens is you let it go. You let it go. Let me read you a scripture. Put this up, if you will, in Matthew chapter 6. First time I've read a scripture. Welcome to the, to the church. We're going to be preaching the Bible today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. If far if ye forgive, this is Jesus talking. For if ye forgive men their trespasses. Everybody say if. He said, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. It's going to get quiet. It's okay. 
Because the next verse says, if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You can't forgive, you can't get forgiveness. You know what that means? You're going to be lost. You can't forgive, you're going to be lost. You're not going to go to heaven. Because you, you can't go with sin in your life. Oh, you're not jumping and hollering anymore, but it's truth. It's truth. You can't live like that and be saved. I, I, I know because I stand in a position, though. But I'm going to give you some more Bible here, okay? Jesus said in his teaching in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, he said, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Go to somebody. If, they, if they've done you wrong, the Bible said, it didn't say go gossip about it. It didn't say go tell your best friend. It said go to them. Oh, where's, where's, I need a back patter here today because I'm preaching. I'm right down where the rubber meets the road today. You know what he said? He said, go to him and tell him the fault between thee and him alone, alone, and he shall hear thee. And if he does, you've gained the brother. Watch this. He said, but if he won't hear you, then take two or three more, or three, take thee one or two more, is what he said, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. If he's not going, if he's not going to get over it, he's talking about your people that you deal with. He, if you can't get it settled between you and him, you take a couple more with you and you, you let everybody or let those people hear what's going on and let it be established in the mouth of, of two or three witnesses. Watch this. He said, and if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as the heathen man as a publican. God has given us every avenue for forgiveness. But when it, no matter what you think, when it's all said and done, Jesus said when you pray, you pray like this. Forgive them, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. One translation said, forgive me my debt as I forgive my debtors. In other words, however I forgive God, you forgive me that way. So in the same chapter, chapter 18 of Matthew verse 21, the Bible said, then came Peter to him, had said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? You want me to forgive him seven times, Lord? You know what Jesus said unto him? He said, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. In one day, in one day, somebody shout 490. The Lord said, forgive them 490 times. In one day. You know what that simply means? Don't quit forgiving. Keep forgiving. you got to forgive. No, I don't care how long they've done. I don't care if there's been a whip on your back and a crown of thorns in your head and they spit on your face. It doesn't matter. you got to forgive them. Let me skip a little further to verse 23 because here's what Jesus said. He said, therefore, told this parable. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon 
one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife and his children, and all that he had and payment to be made. And the servant therefore fell down and worshiped him and said, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. The Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, loosed him, and forgave him the debt. Watch this. The same servant, verse 28, the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. This same servant that owed 10,000 talents went to somebody that owed him a hundred pence, laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me that thou owest. And his, I know it's quiet, it's okay. His fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into a prison till he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servants saw what was done, they were sorry and they came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered, unto him to the, delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise, I want somebody in this room to say likewise. Likewise, shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses, if you cannot forgive, you're going to wind up in prison for life and you're going to wind up in hell for eternity. You just don't know what they've done, preacher. I don't have to know. It can't be worse than the cross. I just don't like them. Matter of fact, I hate them. Guess what? Let me give you another scripture. The Lord said, How? Can you love God whom you've never seen if you can't love your brother whom you have seen? If you don't love your brother, I'm here to tell you, you don't love God. Why are you preaching this? I don't know, except the Lord laid this on me. But there may be somebody that's about to miss eternity with God because you won't get some stuff out of your heart and get some things out of your spirit. Let me tell you, there is no better feeling than the freedom of forgiveness. When you don't have anything against anybody. And I want to tell you what I did this very day. Before the sun rose this morning, I was kneeling before God and saying, God, I want you to check me out. If I've got one thing 
against one soul. Has anybody ever done you wrong? Oh, you don't even want to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody ever stabbed you in the back? Yeah. Ever talked about you? Got that right. I don't know why they talk about such a good man, but they do. Have they ever hurt you? To tears. But but a few years ago, my wife and I went through probably the most traumatic time of our life. We felt so, so crushed. I'm confessing to you now. We'd get in our vehicle ride for hours. Tears streaming for hours. Because somebody hurt us so bad. But I made up my mind. I ain't going to hell over you, 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 anybody else. So I forgave. Matter of fact, I got letters in my possession that I never mailed. I got things written that I never sent. Because I had to forgive. I can honestly stand before you today and tell you there's not one thing in my heart against one soul upon the face of this earth that I know of that I haven't forgiven. Because that's the only way you're going to be saved. Don't die like Jonah. Don't be mad like Jonah. I know, look, it's very easy to get hurt. It's very easy to get bitter when you get hurt. It's very easy to hold grudges. I've seen people that were bound by that for years and years, waiting for the moment they could get back at that one that hurt them so deeply. That's that's not the will of God. That's not the way God operates. That's not the way God wants the church to operate. He wants us to have forgiving spirits. Mm. I just feel the Spirit of the Lord talking to us here today. I didn't come to preach you a fiery sermon. That's not what I come to do. I come to dig down deep in your spirit today. Sometimes we shout over our issues and our problems. We want to look good, but when we get alone, we really know the truth. I want you to dig down deep where you live today. I want you to get down and pray the prayer that David prayed, and I prayed it today. Create in me, God, a clean heart and a right spirit. Because let me tell you something. When we truly forgive, I'm preaching to somebody in this room today. You need to let people's past go. You need to forgive them and understand that we're all human. And besides that, they're, pardon me, visitors, they ain't one of you that ain't nothing but a mud ball that God had mercy on. And you've ever one failed God, and you've ever one made mistakes, and we've all said stuff we shouldn't. We've all made mistakes in our life. 
And if God hadn't forgave us, wouldn't none of us be here today. But let me tell you, don't stop there. It's got to go deeper than that. Because it's got to go from man to man and woman to woman. And it's got to go from friend to ex-friend. I, 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 I know where I'm at today. But I'm in the will of God today. This church is an awesome church. This church is a powerful church. This church is a loving church, or you wouldn't have put up with me for 32 years. This church just loves people, but we get little things in us. We get little, and we don't even know it's there. And let me tell you what it is. It's like a cancer. It will gnaw away at your spirit. It'll eat you up in the middle of the night. It'll take control over your mind and over your body and you become so obsessed with things that you don't even know what's happened to you until it's too late I've come today to rescue from you from the, the prison of unforgiveness here's what Carlos D said many years ago I was sitting Carlos D was a mighty man of God a mighty preacher you probably don't even know him never heard his name but he was an old warrior of the cross and he said when you really truly forgive somebody it is as if they never done it it's if they never said it it's as if they never committed it you just wipe it out. All I can tell you, you better learn forgive or you won't stay married two weeks. Am I telling the truth? But it's got to go beyond the doors of your home. It's got to go to your heart and your soul. I'm closing. It's time for me to close. But I've come to preach to this congregation on this Sunday morning. Would you please just let it go? Would you understand just because Nineveh didn't repent, Jonah, you were still successful. There's 60,000 people now that's going to be, have the mercies of God on their life. God was about to wipe the city off the face of the earth. He said, tell them 40 days and Nineveh's going to be destroyed. I'm going to destroy. Don't think God can't do it. Go look at Sodom and Gomorrah. He, he can wipe a city off just at one breath. And he was about to wipe Nineveh out. Jonah was going to be the hero. I come to tell you, 40 days and 40 nights, you go, or 40 days, you're going, to, you're going to feel the judgments of God. The mayor of the city said, uh-uh, no, we're going to get our act right. We're going to repent. He said, I don't want anybody eating anything. He said, I don't even want the cows eating anything. Go read the Bible. He said, we're going to repent. And we're going to repent and get ourselves right with God. And Jonah got mad. Let me say something else to you. I'm getting paid overtime. It's okay. Just because you don't like somebody, don't try to get people not to like them with you. Shut up and keep it to yourself. Well, I don't like them. I wish you wouldn't like them too. That ain't the way it works, honey. If they're your enemy, don't expect them to be my enemy. Preacher done quit preaching, went to meddling on Sunday morning. But the facts are, you got to let it go.
He started mad. He was mad in the middle. You'll read the book. He went outside the gate of the city, and he sat down, puffed up, mad at God. His book ended mad because God didn't do what Jonah thought he ought to do. You ever read the New Testament where the Bible, the, the disciples were saying, Lord, won't you just call fire out of heaven and burn them up? God, God's not going to do whatever you want him to do. There's been a few folks I thought I'd like to burn up. That's not the way God operates. Just because I'm mad at them don't mean God's mad at them. Are we going to be mad? From time to time, we're going to get mad. Are we going to have words? We're going to have words. Sometimes you're not going to like what I do. Sometimes I don't like what you do. But you got to forgive and you got to let it go. We're none of us perfect. I don't know how to say it any better than what I'm saying it tonight or today. There's none of us perfect. And just because somebody, well, you, I remember what they've done, and I don't trust that, and I don't like that, and they're, they're never going to, I'll never get over that. You better get over that. Shall we stand? friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer and here's what the rest of it said oh what peace we often forfeit and what needless pain we bear just because all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this room. Honestly, I do not know who I've preached to today. I've been doing this 50 years and there have been times that I did know who I was preaching to, but today I do not know. I just know what God spoke into my spirit. So you got to let it go today. You got to have a prayer meeting of your own today. You got to have a, a meeting with the Lord. You got to get some things straight. You don't have to come tell me. It's not confession. You don't have to tell the church. But if you got some things in your craw, just remember this. Here's what Jesus said one time in his teaching He said, If you bring your gift to the altar, and you remember that your brother have ought against you. Leave your gift at the altar. Go be reconciled unto your brother. And when you're reconciled, then you can come and bring your gift. Your gift will not be received until you're reconciled unto your brother. Did you hear what I just said? God will not receive your gift until you're reconciled unto your brother. Who is my brother? Well, I'll let you answer that. It's not talking about blood kin. It's talking about people you know, people that you're associated with, people you're acquainted with. Let me tell you something. The day, the day you learn 
to say, I forgive. It's over. It's past. No more. The day you do that, there's going to be a freedom in your life like I cannot even explain to you today. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, let me, let me just say this to you. You, you, you know, I, I want you to understand it's between you and God, and, and you can take care of it between you and whoever. But I'm begging you in the name of Jesus to take care of whatever it is in your life that has you bound. If that person is eating you alive, if that situation is eating you alive, you've got to get victory over that. And you can't go sit down outside the gate with your lips pooched out because it hadn't happened the way you thought it ought to happen. Because here's what will happen, just what I said a while ago. While you're in prison, they're just living happy-go-lucky and you are hurting nobody but yourself. Don't hurt yourself spiritually. Don't stress yourself out. Don't get yourself all in a quandary over something that somebody else is not worried about. In Jesus' name, get victory in your life. How do I do that? 